Hello and welcome to Wrestle Opinionated, our weekly show all about the great shows of AEW. We are your hosts. I am Morg. This is... Technologically cursed Matthew Strange. <laughs> and this is... Hoping it works this time, Muir. So in case you can't guess, we just this is take two. Because <laughs> things went a little bit wrong. Uh, how have you both been this week? Yeah, good. I've been playing Miserable Dystopia Simulator. It's uh, Beholder 2, available on Steam in the amazing sale for like three quid, feeding people into grinders and uh, betraying my workmates to get a promotion. Good times. So, like chefing again then. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially when I was a uh, chef. Relief chefing is the most murderous of chefing business, I would say. Everyone's an asshole. How about you, boys? Mr. Muir? Not, not much myself. Mostly just been building up the house so it's not a shack anymore. Because my missus come around and says I live in a hellhole. So, you know, we'll see how we live. And, and I've been watching Warrior Nun on Netflix. Which sounds bad, bad, but is apparently good, bad, and may even be good, good from what you've said. Yeah, I, I, I am undecided at the moment. So, this may be the first time you have listened to our podcast. And as such, you would need to know that we have a tier system, which is how we review and give scores to the matches and the shows. And Mr. Strange will now explain that tier system based on a request he had. So, Morg, you requested I do this with a Marvel film. Well, MCU films is how I took it specifically, as not every Marvel film. Incredibly film judgmental person. So I found it very hard to rate any Marvel film at the top tier. That is, you know, actually what I would call like up there with some of the greats. So it's all been sort of scratched up a notch. But back to the basics of this tier system. You're going to have seen it sometimes on the internet, sometimes on YouTube. Maybe you don't. But it comes from Japanese computer games and the Japanese skill system. We start at C, which is an average rank. We go down to a D. We don't go lower than that, which is a fail. And I'll work up in the description. So we'll start with the C rank. A C is an average match. I am pleased with the overall product. Now, when I say average, I don't mean I've got, oh, I mean, it's good. You know, you've had a good time. Your mind's not been blown, but you're solid. C rank Marvel movies, I, were, I have ranked up with, and I think there's going to be some, uh, probably some disagreement from my co-host here. I put down the original Thor film because it's a bit shit, but it's also great fun. Um, the Hulk film, which everybody hates except for me, with uh, Ed Norton in it because it actually was quite interesting. And Doctor Strange, which people thought was amazing, but it was all right. And it at least had like a congruent story, even with the weird magic -y bits. So that's a C match for me. Um, it was hard to find a C. It's a hard one to balance on the mold Marvel scale. But I think those are some of your average Marvel films. Like an average match. You're pleased, but you're not writing home about them. I'm waiting for Nick to make a comment. I'm waiting to the end, mate. Okay. D. D is a, a match I am unhappy with. I could have spent that time doing anything else. Um, maybe it's not terrible, but I'm just not pleased. I generally D-rank squash matches. In D, we have every single Iron Man sequel, because they're all terrible. They're both terrible. 
We have Thor The Dark World, a film which people were just generally miserable with, and Ant-Man 2, which is one of the worst things I've ever watched that I went to the cinema to see. A D-match is like Ant-Man 2. Nobody wanted it. Well, actually, people might have wanted it, but in all in all, it stole our souls from the fun of the original. A B-match is... Uh, oh, I don't know if that one deserves to be A. A B-match is a match where something is... Either everything's great, the story makes sense, the wrestling's great, or maybe one thing is phenomenal. Maybe the wrestling's only okay, but the story is just fucking amazing. Maybe the story is not too good, but, you know, the match is great. And in this place, I put Ant-Man because we all loved watching Ant-Man, even though it was a bit shit. And Thor Ragnarok, which is hilarious, brilliant, and well-directed. The story is actually a bit broken and all over the place. Just waiting for Muir to shout, because I know he's... Muir is our film stage here. He's the power one. An A-rank match is just where you're just fucking happy all the way through. It's got story. It's got wrestling. Both of them good. Maybe some of them exceptional. It's... The top rank of what you would see in a show, except for those things which stay in, uh, stay in like your memory forever. And I gave an A to Infinity War. That's the first one, isn't it? Not the second one. That is the first one. Yep. The good one. Yes, good. Uh, because, you know, we all enjoyed that. Had a really good story. Had some good action. Yeah, we're all invested. Spider-Man Homecoming, because I love Michael Keaton and I thought that film was really good and actually gave us a Spider-Man who was a kid. There's a weird bleep sound there. And Guardians of the Galaxy, which would have been a phenomenal film if the final fight sequence wasn't people holding hands and defeating the villain with love. So that's an A-rank thing, something which stays with us. It's pretty good, it's pretty great, uh, but it doesn't stay with, it, stay with us for the ages. In S-rank... S-Rank is your top-tier wrestling match. It's changed everything. The you know, It sticks with you for ages. Uh, we cite currently the Young Bucks versus uh, uh, Page and Omega. Uh, I always go on about uh, Pentagon versus the Black Lotus Triad from Lucha Underground. And I think, I think the only two S-Ranks I can give, and I want to give it to Far From Home, but I think Far From Home might be an A. It might just be like the best friends. It could be an S in my soul. We have to give it to the original Iron Man. It was a, what was it, $10 million student film made on the fly that made the entire industry. Does anybody give a fuck who Robert Downey Jr. was before no. Iron Man? No, only people who watched artsy movies like Nick. Um, and I'm tempted to throw in Winter Soldier because we all actually kind of enjoyed a spy drama with a bit of like different edge to it. It took it in a slightly different direction. But I think the most definite one is Iron Man, which basically made the Marvel film industry a thing. Who was watching Marvel? We, sure, we watched Sam Raimi Spider-Man films that were a bit shit and a bit great. But nobody ever thought it was going to be a big industry until Iron Man. And that's what I expect from an S-match. I expect Jeff Bridges to be booking in my wrestling uh, story. <laughs> yeah, booking on the fly with Jeff Bridges. That's your challenge for today. It is a morgue. Um, so, so whilst we're in this wrestling, uh, this podcast, I'd like to take a minute to see how Nick, Nick and Morgue, Nick for Morgue for probably more the actual like person who really enjoys things, and Muir for the utter film snob that he is, assessing my list. Well, we've been over like discussing this before, and I'm pretty happy with it, but. Far From Home's my favourite, but that's just... bad, Marvel good, actually good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I had to break it into five. 
Yeah, I always like Far From Home, but that's because it's got my boy Jake Gyllenhaal in it. But, you know, I'm down with that. I always think that Infinity War is really good because it's a story about a villain, not a story about a hero. So I like that myself. But, yeah, no, it's a good list. I'm more interested in Morg's opinion. Uh, no, I, I'm happy. You mentioned the one I consider to be the S match. Winter Soldier? Winter Soldier, which yeah, I is, is really not my favourite, but I think it is the best Marvel movie. <laughs> And I and I, I can happily say that. It's not far off my favourite. I, I have two favourites. I have my feel-good favourite, which is Guardians. I did right. laugh when you said defeating the villain with love. Um, that is the problem did. with it. That is, that is my feel-good movie. Um, and um, Winter Soldier is the other one. Uh, Original Avengers, um, only because... There's a lot of crap, and then the Avengers get together, and it's cool as fuck if you grow up reading comics. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, I left out any controversial choices because I didn't want to upset people by saying films they liked were bad. So no, <laughs> I stayed on the reasonable. No, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think it was fair. Right, so now it's time to move on. We do talk about wrestling. <laughs> now it's time to move on to talking about news. And we've actually got some news. Uh, I, I've, to, I've been down in the news mines and I managed to find one thing. Um, so, um, a WWE is apparently angry at AEW for Taz's promo um, from Fighter Fest. Um, shop. We don't run a sloppy shop. We don't run a sloppy shop because um, of all the Corona um, incidents in WWE versus the testing every day very few corona incidences in aew what do you guys well, think can i do a counter to that about the sloppy shopness of them revealing who wins their big competition next week already what yeah they've already revealed who's winning the adam cole versus the other guys championship match i believe that got leaked yes it did <laughs> Because one of the wrestlers posted a picture of it. Oh, God. You dumbasses. All I'm going to say is if you're going to get angry about a corona-based uh, hint of a uh, pop, then maybe don't weaponize corona to get Renee Young to infect Mox so he can't be in the show whilst running counter-programming. I see you, Vince, with your <laughs> weaponized corona. If there are any sloppy intentionally to take down Fighter Fest, I'm just saying. <laughs> The other bit of news is Jake Hager being uh, suspended in kayfabe. Yes, I, I nearly put that in myself. Yeah. Um, don't suspend wrestlers in kayfabe at the moment, AEW. That's a no. really bad thing. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what's he done? Um, I saw a little bit of news this morning uh, yeah. for the for the. Andy. Weird old days fans slash like weird indie booking uh, people in the knowledge. Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm still here. I just couldn't hear you. Oh, you oh. just cut out. Oh, yeah, my internet dropped for a second. Don't worry, people. We are still here. But I said but Brian J. Pillman Jr. is on Dark next week. Oh, okay. interesting. Yeah. Like, I know he's tied in with some of the worst members of the uh, second generation. Like, he was, he hung around Teddy Hart Jr. for uh, Teddy Hart. Yeah. 
terrible nightmare entity that he is. But, you know. Still going to be. He's um, actually. Yeah, Brian Pillman. So moving on from the news, we now move on. No, exactly. Should be a. Uh... We now move on to social media. And this week, is there a social media of the week that you, any of you guys would like to give a shout out to? As far as I know, I didn't see anything. It's been very quiet, mostly just been on fire because of, you know, this current um, state of the industry. Yes. Um, I've got one positive thing I can say, but it's not really AEW linked. Well, at least it's positive. If it's positive, nice. go for it. <laughs> um, Thunder Rosa, who was, uh, she's currently, or was previously, the NWA Power Women's Champion, who was uh, Cobra Moon in Lucha Underground, is getting yep. started and is building for, to her first... Uh, uh, first pay-per-view in her new women's only women supporting mission pro wrestling and and honestly with all the shit that's going on and the fact that women don't always get pushed as much as they could i'm really excited for this and i thought it was worth uh shouting out about oh yeah definitely i should be keeping an eye open for that So, moving on, we have our weekly review time. And as always, we open with BTE or Being the Elite. What did you guys think of Being the Elite this week? My notes say that it was lots of silly and there was much laughter from the Raptor. I had a great time watching this one. I really enjoyed it. Mostly because there's more Dark Order bits. I'm really liking the jokey backside of the cult, but that's me. John Silver looks like a great bro. I'm I'm uh, down with him. I, I am loving all of the new Dark Order bits. I wish they were at least on Dark, because I don't think they ruin anybody's character. No, I uh, think they would add a lot, really. Um, I love the yeah, Hangman the Brody bit with their good luck with your cult anyway, and stuff like that, you know. I like that Brody being reasonable and chatting to somebody behind the scenes. And I think that could add a lot to his character. It actually shows that he does, you know, manipulate and win people over with friendship as opposed to this massive titanic asshole who for some reason people want to join his cult. Yes. Now that's a good idea. Uh, but, I also liked Hangman trying to know corpse when he was when they were singing the song, he was just trying not to laugh so hard. Oh, he corpsed so badly. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love the Beaver Bros just trying to win OC over with the Fast and Furious film. With the Kool-Aid. They had Kool-Aid oh, yeah, Kool Kool as well. I can punch real hard. And everybody looks at us in the club and I say, I bet they're real good at kissing. I, I, John Silver <laughs> is becoming a new hero of mine. He's brilliant. Um, um, what else is good? Uh, Matt Hardy locking, uh, forcing a freeze frame on Nick and then forcing Nick into merch freak was a phenomenal little bit of meta twistery bullshit. For me, as an old Simpsons fan, when Colt wasn't allowed in the building because it was a no Colts club and they already had one Colt in it, that's a joke from the Simpsons where they already had a Homer in, so Homer couldn't <laughs> enter. So that just made me laugh, but that was me. Yeah, it was really good for myself anyway. 
Yeah, I, yeah, solid one. I've I, I laughed all the way through. Go on, Morgan. This is this is a dark to watch. Uh, sorry, uh, this is a BTE to watch. I was just looking at my notes. Um, yep. So moving on to dark. Um, I will be honest. I don't remember much about dark. What did you both think about it? And what overall? We don't review dark matches individually. We don't give them a score individually. We give an overall score to dark. So what did you think of dark? And what overall score did you both give it? It was okay. I I. So it's probably tell me what you think, and I'll uh, I'll go through afterwards. I I thought it was all right. Like it wasn't great. There was a lot of squash, but that's just me. I like that they had a promo at the start for the job squad, like discussing that they were having to be back together. Uh, but other than that, it was just a load of squash matches. It's nice to find out that Ricky Starks is the real character out of Griffin. Oh, well, I'm really excited for Ricky Starks. Um, yeah. So, weirdly, a lot of these matches weren't as squashy as I was expecting them. They were obvious. Uh, I can't remember who Sean Spears uh, beat. PT? Uh, Max Caster. Okay, he had PT written on his trousers or something. Uh, I don't remember that. It was fine from, you know, technically. Uh, Lance Archer versus Pineapple Pete. Uh, Lance Archer always gives his opponents... Um, yeah, he does. It always takes some shit back off him, and uh, Pete didn't look like a pussy. So I, th I think that was actually one of the better matches. Oh, Griffiths is Ricky Stark. Ricky Stark's intro music is dope. I love it. Um, uh, a rope run trip worked. You know, when they pull each other and then one drops down and one uh, always jumps over the other. Ricky Stark actually managed to trip Griff. That's I don't like believe a, you. It <laughs> happened. Uh, that was actually quite a good little match. Um, yeah. Scorpio versus Beardman, uh, Brady, the big fella. Solid. Yeah. Scorpio's always great, I think. <laughs> uh, I Gee, should learn his name is Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, unnamed Chumps versus Butcher and the Blade. A solid match. Uh, the Cloverleaf by Butcher, where he just picked him up from a Cloverleaf. Was, I've got to know if that was real good to see, just how strong the Butcher is. Yeah, man. Um, I like had... Young Bucks and Jump Squad. I really enjoyed that match because, you know. Uh, we missed the women's tag. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well. It's like made me sad. I enjoy the storyline we're getting, but I, yeah. I, I'm really excited for Kylan, uh, Ky uh, Killing, Kylan, whatever her name is, the tall redheaded Kylan King. That's the one. I'm very excited for her. And I, I just kind of don't want to see her. Other woman needs a gimmick beyond... Skylar Moore, yeah, she needs a gimmick. She, she looks like a 90s WWE wrestler, so yeah, uh, I could need a bit more gimmick on her. Uh, but Ali giving Brandy the pin was actually a lot cooler this time because it's like the reverse of her stealing it last time, and yet it's still the same patronizing. Yep. And no, losers versus the books. Uh, it was really nice to see them come onto the same page, if I'm honest. Yeah. At the end. I really enjoyed that. I cheered when they shook hands. I cheered. I think that. It built up dark at the end. Having that match at the end made me feel a lot better than I would have. I really enjoyed that match, but that's me. Oh, what did you think of the women's match? You're our women's expert. Um, I had Brandy Rhodes in it, and I don't like her in matches. She's getting better. She's one of the best talkers. She is improving. Got. Her She's charisma the outside the ring and, and around the ring. Her charisma is ridiculously good, and I absolutely adore Brandy. I think she's absolutely awesome. I'm she's just she's not as crisp but she's about the level when we were complaining about the women's matches at the beginning yeah now 
So if she comes on in the same leaps and bounds Give her as another the women's year. matches have, less than that, if she can come yeah. on in the same bounds as they have, mm-hmm. even better. Um, there was a lot of story in that, and that I really liked. And we've got a different women's storyline going on. Yes, it's tied in with the Nightmare Family and it's tied in with QT, but we've got something. I, I think next week I want to see them working together. Next time they tag up, I want to see the next part oh, of the same story page. where they're on the same page and doing and because I think the inevitable alley heel turn has to mean something and it has to come yeah it has to come from them actually starting to trust her and her yeah. her making an effort yes hundred percent you've got to build that story up more than her just going oh now I'm a heel again so um, overall score for dark C. Yeah, I'd give it like a low C. Yeah, you can you can put it on in the background so the matches yeah. are quite everything's nothing pissed me off and uh, even That's the matches for dark. Even the matches which were under seven minutes, which is basically my my line for a squash match. Uh, had counter offense and stuff in, and that's you know, always my biggest bitch is the anti squash match. And thinking, yeah, see, it's yeah. not going to blow your mind, but you can have it on the background and you'll have a you know, a good time. Okay, so, um, moving on to Dynamite or Fighter Fest Day One. Um, JR Excalibur and Shivoni on commentary, and they are joined by Jericho. She's always a, good a beautiful thing. suit. <laughs> yeah, Canada Day top was beautiful. Um, <laughs> it opens with Wardlow and MJF versus Jurassic Express with Marco. Jurassic Express win when Luchasaurus hits a standing moonsault. Before what did you think of the match this, and what score did you give it? Can I just say one of my favorite comments I've ever heard in wrestling was You ever had py- Pyro before, Excalibur? was just my favourite insult <laughs> I've ever heard in wrestling, and I just loved it. It's just such a great Yeah. And I loved it. Uh, this match. Um, my notes say B-plus with A, question mark, but I really enjoyed this match. Uh, am I going to have to be the uh, the cynical one here? I think you uh, may have to be I think you might match. be. Okay, so I've, I've got a run-through of notes. Open solid MJF intro. He can do all of his mic oh, stuff. Oh, I loved his coat. It was hideous. It was beautiful. It was awesome. It was very seventies, uh, eighties. It was solid. Jungle Boy did eat a lot of shit at the start. Uh, start. There was a really good heel move from MJF where he told the ref they hadn't tagged when they had, and I've never seen that done before. Yeah. And I actually thought that was really clever. Tag avoidance was really good. Uh, I've become a huge fan of Wardlow's selling. He's got a phenomenal stunned face. He'll stumble to one knee. Like, I'd say he's one of the best, like, realistic sellers from taking blows that I've seen, especially for, you know... Such a big, a big lad. Yeah, he's fantastic. Like, my joking a... faith in him at the start when he first came up has really yeah, paid dividends. Um, I did I did get a bit annoyed, at, and I can probably blame this on the camera angle, but I hate the wobbly dance when people stand about and wait we for... We all hate the wobbly dance. We hate all the Randall dance. Keith Orton on that one. And as good as Luchasaurus's uh, shooting star press was, it was a shooting star, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, the fact that the camera was aiming down, so you could see like 15 wrestlers just stood with their arms on each other going, whoa! Whilst he, because he, he did the little prepare to jump bounce, you know, to centre himself. I can't blame him. 
but those extra seconds, I was like, that, that, that is just a mob of people waiting for him. Um, but otherwise, there was a Canadian destroyer in the match I didn't hate. I loved Berserk Wardlow having to be battered in the face and just properly kicked shit out of. Um, so, yeah, I gave... One. A little question. What do you think we're going to do with Wardlow after he splits off from MJF? <laughs> More on that later, my friend. More on that later. Oh, oh. Oh. Um, oh, all right. Yeah, I see where that's going. Yeah. Uh, but I think that this match did really well. Uh, kept MJF safe. Wardlow looked like a fucking beast with the fact they just kept punching him in the face and stuff. And he just kept popping back up in rage. And we got the face win they deserve without really costing the uh, the heel. So I think... Uh, so you said uh, you were going to be the negative one on this. And you said one I, bad thing about it. So yeah, come on. Yeah, that's, that, that's pretty much it, if I'm honest. Um... <laughs> Uh, Jungle uh, Jurassic Express oh, have to work on their walls. Like, no. hello, hello. Oh, uh, when um, Jungle Boy wants to do his like double or triple topes, the wobbly dance is uh, is a little common for him, shall we say? But we had great storytelling. We had a great finish. Nobody looked weak. Um, I think on the wrestling scale, it was a high B, low A for me, as Nick said. But I think combining the story and the clever finish, it's an A. Morg? Uh, I gave it an A. Um, I thought it was really good. So I'm guessing it's an A then. Are we all right. have to... Yeah. Now, now we have the yep. new consensus of opinion. Now we have the most important booking, the Puppy Battle Royal. Who do you think is going <laughs> over, <right>. boys? <laughs> This concerns me. I, I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> Apparently, it's going to be after the show. It's not part of the main event, but um. Oh, I think it needs yeah, to stop booking, mate. What I'm, I was not expecting the book. What I'm hoping for is a bunch of puppies put in a very small ring that are all playful puppies that are just going to play with each other and they're just going to wait until they get bored and get out of the ring. The ring. I don't know what you can do with that. It, it it's proper weird booking for me. Like I love my stupid wrestling. Dog charity stuff. Yeah, they yeah. do dog charity things, don't they? So I'll probably be linked to that with a donor. Yeah, yeah that it'll makes probably good be sense. Silly. Thinking about um, it. So after the Jurassic Express match, we had Archer and Janella brawling in the crowd, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah, carrying on the storyline, making it build it up is always good, isn't it? Yeah, can't get over Jake's teeth. <laughs> so white. <laughs> my only They're small... so white. So I, I said this to the Raptor, and so I'll, I'll say it to you guys. My only small problem with this um, Joey Janella and Lance Archer thing is I think it's too soon because I think Joey Janella is a good guy for Archer to have because Joey comes from this proper hardcore background. Yeah. You show that video of him leaping off the roof through ridiculous amounts of crap. And you can kind of put this character on Joey that Lance Archer's actually taking a bit of a, a risk here because this is a guy that doesn't matter how how she hard he it. hits him, yeah. he's probably going to get back up. But you kind of want Joey to be built up a bit more in the mainstream eyes before he goes up against the juggernaut Lance Archer, basically, because we've not really seen a lot of winning or demonstration of badassery from Joey for a bit. 
Yeah, oh. that's, and I think this would have been a good chance to do that. And that could have played very interestingly into the tag team with Sonny, where you could have the hardcore guy and the really athletic guy. I think Archer's got to win this one for how early it is. But oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, completely. But I think um, it's a bit of a weird thing. So, you know, you have a, a you always have a setup where the, the babyface needs to overcome a monster heel. I almost yep. think that Archer could have done with a babyface setup that the monster heel has to overcome. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Almost Make like a, a weird reversal. Yeah, I like that idea, but it ain't happening, unfortunately, Morg. We just need some heel winnings, if I'm honest. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a babyface-dominated company at the moment. 100% yeah. agree with that. But... It's a babyface winning. So after that, we had Penelope Ford with Kip versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Champion. Kip is ejected from ringside, and then Shida wins with the running knee. Now, I've got this written down as the Shining Wizard, but I wasn't sure whether it was a Shining Wizard or a running knee. So I will bow to any greater knowledge. Nothing coming from me, mate. I'm an idiot when it comes to that. I normally lose their, uh, learn all their move names because I like shouting the Spanish and Japanese ones. But I think it is just a running knee strike with Shida, if I'm honest. I really like that Kip was ejected. I think it made it show that Penelope Ford can stand on her own two feet, which I think was a really good sign. You know, just leave her, show her that she can actually wrestle. She may cheat, but she can also wrestle which I think was really good. Yeah, no, it needed to be done to just give her a bit of a showcase, even though I was really yeah. sad Kip was, because Kip's got goofier and goofier. Oh, and yeah, he's it. brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but I think she needed it. Also, I got... She did the deed twice and didn't get it over, and pe- <laughs> which was kind of a bit of a shock to me. I can't believe someone kicked out the Falcon Arrow. <laughs> that never happens. Um... I mostly left this one for reviewing for uh, for Morg, if I'm honest, because he's our women's expert. I just wrote down, yeah, solid, high B, <laughs> slash A. So um, I gave two A's in this, um, in Fighter Fest. Okay. And we've had one of them, and that probably gives you a guess as to what score this got. I thought this was a phenomenally good match. There was back and forth. The babyface had to overcome. The heel looked strong. I'm liking Penelope there was a back more rake. and more. There was a back rake, <laughs> which, which obviously in the strange scale pushes it up a notch. Um, yep. I thought this was a phenomenally good match. Um, I really enjoyed it. I watched the whole, I was glued to the whole match. I cared. I, I'm starting to care more about Shida. Um, and really, I really yeah, liked um, Ford. So, yeah, it's an A from me. I think that's Trips A's then. I think that's a, a fair one. Yeah, I would definitely give it an A myself. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think the character, both characters felt strong after it, and that's all I want from my wrestling generally at the end of it. I want to feel like I'm invested in these characters and they feel strong at the end. And Ford didn't botch anything. Uh, not like she's a high botcher, but there's always one per match, and I always point it out because I'm that guy. And, and nothing she... went off. Yeah. Um, is that our first A-ranked women's match or our second? Oh. Well, you didn't have me on when Yucca was about, so, you know. I'd be <laughs> forcing those A's then. <laughs> We'd have had to lay down the breast friends rule then, though. <laughs> Uh, we might have given an A to the Brit and uh, 
Britain Nyla versus Statlander. Um, uh, yes. yes, I think we did. It gave us a million stories, but also like 30 injuries. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> moving on, we I have techniques. Sorry, go on, Mr. Muir. I feel the women's leagues coming a bit more together. Would they just need a bit more time on air now? Not so, yeah. I think Sorry, Nick, I have to stop you. We're moving on to ripping on Taz. It oh. has to be satire, Morg. It <laughs> has to be satire. Cage is too muscular to take the paradigm shift. He's too muscular. His neck is too strong. It has to be satire. If it's, it's satire, S. If it's meant to be realistic, D. It's the same as every one of these moments. <laughs> John Moxley them. has a deep paradigm shift, but if you look at the size of Brian Cage's neck... It has to be satire. It was beautiful. I you guys saying it had to be satire. I loved it as satire because that's how I see it. Pose law, mate. Yeah. Did you like it, Morg? Um, if you think it's satire, or do you I, think it's real? I think I'm, I'm still in the club, I'm afraid, where I think this is um, them playing on Taz's used to be a coach. Um, oh, uh, used to boo. run the ECW oh, dojo. Boo. Yeah, sorry, but Too it was big. it was Too better big. than it was better than um, some of his other ones. Moving on, uh, so Jake Hager with his <laughs> wife Catalina versus Cody with Arn Anderson for the TNT Championship, and Cody wins by pinfall. What did you think of the match? What score did you give it? I'm glad somebody in Jake Hager's family has a bit of charisma. Why did Hager decide to wrestle in boxing shorts? Why didn't he wear any sports gear? Why did he come out in just like long pants? We've all got a pair of those long boxer shorts we got one time. Well, men do anyway. Uh, you know, the ones that keep your legs extra warm. That you that, that, that are boxer shorts. It looked like he was wrestling in pants and it bugged me. And then they said he was rock hard. That's a word for a stiffy. I and love I being rock hard, Jake Hager. <laughs> his pants wrestling. Um... All in all, though, uh, actually a good match. Uh, uh, Hager's improved. Cody didn't bleed, which uh, which shocked me. Uh, when Cody did that one cutter that was so high when he balanced off the stuff, that Jericho was popping for him. I couldn't help. It was too cool. And then the fucking Great. awesome power slamming. Power slams always uh, look good, though. Yeah, and then they completely overbooked the ending with a bunch oh, I of had dub ending, didn't that? It was too much at that ending. It was like one guy there's a slap here and a slap there, and then this happens. Like I quite like the idea of Hager being mad about the t the uh, pass out, and you know, did that really need to go on top of a slap and a dusty run in and a bunch of other stuff? Was that really needed? And I think no. that I think it's a B because of that. I think. I think what could have just been a good match with some good story and a cool ending was overcomplicated. And I think that just sort of keeps it at a B. And, you know, Hager's got no charisma, but at least he's got better at wrestling and did some moves. I liked his uh, Vader bomb. His Vader bomb was really smooth. Oh, he's got better. Yeah. He does um, do a good Vader bomb. Like, I, I've... I hated him. I hated him when he was in Lucha on the ground. I literally got angry when he came on the screen. Like, go Goldie. away. We bitched about him like nothing on earth. 
So for me to go, this was his best match I've seen him in, and I enjoyed it to give it a B. I am very happy with that as an improvement, but I don't know how much that was just Cody, because Cody is fantastic. You know, He's phenomenal. Yeah. What do you uh, think, Morg? Uh, the B general, uh, the four-star general Cody. Four-star general. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as as general. We, we're now naming him, yeah. Um, I gave it a B. I thought it was a really good match. I agree. Yeah. I think it was Jake Hager's, Jack Swagger's best match uh, from having watched him back in the day in WWE. Oh, as strong. Well. Whatever so, yeah, his name I, was. I legitimately think it was his best match full stop, certainly that I have seen. Yeah. Just didn't need all that bullshit at the end. Yeah, well. So then Darby hurt himself today. So Let's see if he can still feel. <laughs> Darby <laughs> Allen video promo. What did you think? <laughs> and... Sorry. Now, it's interesting you should say about Darby Allen hurt himself today, but more on that later. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Darby Island Guinness adverse, bit weird. Still no Superman by Goldfinger playing. D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it, the tone. Go on. It it does nothing for me, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just not that edgy kid anymore that can get when behind Darby Island. When he was burning masks and like making like poetic references yeah. to his opponents, it made sense. Him just skateboarding to show that he hurt himself today. <laughs> Sorry, you've really tickled me with that. Um, I don't know. I, I think it didn't add anything to him. Or what do you our, think, Morg? You're our, our Darby Allen goth fan. Um, it was all right. It was. Um, I quite liked a couple of the skateboarding moves he did. One of them was particularly cool, I remember. The forward uh, or the backflip. <laughs> the backflip into to the board, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I'm kind of with Strange. I preferred the slightly more weird, arty... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, but it's keeping him in the mind, obviously, well, he can't be there for whatever reason, because I believe he's kayfabe injured. Is he only kayfabe injured? I, I think he's kayfabe injured. Okay. I mean, he did throw himself off the top of a ladder into another ladder on a skateboard. It wouldn't be surprised me if he is actually injured. Well, we'll see, won't we? Yeah, well, he's another one. I mean, if we're setting up for him versus Cage... Maybe they're setting him up with the Joey Janela storyline that I was just talking about with Lance Archer. Nah, you could be right there. Where they're, actually, they're, they're doing that story, but they're doing it with um, Darby Allen instead because he does all the skateboarding. It doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter what muscles you've got. Darby yeah. Allen's just going to keep getting up. So after that, Orange Cassidy comes out and sits at the announce table. I'd like to say joins the announce table, but he doesn't. He just comes and sits there. And then oh, we I had loved it. Proud and powerful versus a private party. Private party wins with the gin and juice. Hooray! Can I just read my Hooray. first note was, do you think that Vampiro awoken like Rita Repulsa when somebody shouted they didn't hook the leg? Because that's all he ever <laughs> used to shout when we tried the ground. Didn't hook the leg. Uh... Oh, this match... It just didn't do much for me. I don't know. It was, I'm with you. That This is the first time I properly started uh, noticing wobbly dances. That private party uh, were smoother than they normally are, but it's still just so much setup for all their moves and combos. Uh, I can't say it was a bad match. It's the worst match thus far. It was fine. Gin and Juice is phenomenal. 
Um, it, it, to see, it was, I mean, after everything we've had before, it's it was a little underwhelming. I'd say that see it best myself. It just didn't do much for me, apart from the gin and juice, because I love it. I just love that. It's great. But everything else really didn't do anything to me. And I hate their new ending that's just shot, shouted, continuously. Oh, Ruth hates that music too. I had to listen to it. I just kept saying shots to her at random times through the night and she got really angry. Uh, so um, I actually gave this a B. Um, I enjoyed this. Ooh. It was um, high paced, lots of stuff going on. I think mainly due to Proud and Powerful rather than Private Party. They're getting if lost I'm... in the mix, aren't they? Um, and I think that's why I really like Proud and Powerful. So I think I've got a bit of bit of bias towards them. Um, but yeah, I gave yeah, it. A I B. don't think Private Party should have gone over. You gave it a B. I gave it a B. I enjoyed it. Um, I'll I be don't, think... For a B. I don't think Private Party should have won. Uh, Two C's to a B, I would say it gets a high C. Okay. Yep. Uh, after that, Jericho launches himself at Orange Cassidy. Both men are restrained. Well, Jericho's restrained, and <laughs> Cassidy is kind of held back by Pineapple Pete pinching the back of his shirt sort of. gently. <laughs> I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> this got an A from me. I thought just Jericho pushing his shit more and more as the commentator went on. And Orange Cassidy just sitting there and he's just losing it and losing it. It's just like beautiful, perfect build. Yeah, no, great moment. I didn't rank it. I just went great. It's Jericho. Yeah. Any moment it's Jericho, Jericho. Yeah. is wonderful. I, 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 to be honest, I think it was stolen by Pineapple Pete and Orange Cassidy in this particular case. Yeah, <laughs> holding him back desperately <laughs> <laughs> by gently pinching the back of his shirt. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had a Kenny and Hangman interview promo. Did you give it a rank? Well, it was just good build for it for the match, I think. Slightly heelish. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. a short one. Didn't rank it, but it, yeah, it felt good. So next, we had Taz's controversial in-ring promo. Um, what did you think about the promo and did you give it a rank? Didn't rank it, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really smooth. Like, I loved the little pops and the, just saying, like, you'd be tested, you'd be fine. You're just, you know, lying to us. I think it was really good heel work. Yeah, I'm on board with uh, Muir. Uh, other than the fact that my first note is Cage's friend shaped because he, he is. is. But, you know, uh, we see this every week, mate. Is that he's got a lovely friend shaped face? Uh, yeah, solid. It's Taz on a mic in it. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, the sloppy, uh, as commented on earlier, the slop we don't run a sloppy shop here. I think, I think you've got to like, really put some effort in to take that personally from the WWE perspective, if I'm honest. It's the most minor of shots made by man. Uh, yeah, solid didn't rank it, but I enjoy Taz, even if I can't take him entirely seriously. To the fact he just told me that Cage's neck was too big to take a paradise. <laughs> it was so good. So yeah, solid, good. Next, we have the best friends versus Kenny and Hangman for the AEW Tag Team Championship. And I'm sorry to say, Kenny and Hangman win with the Buckshot Lariat. What did you think of the match? What score? D, let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we've seen the greatest es uh, entrance in oh all of wrestling now. I fucking yes. missed my pants. The fact that Stu is uh, is becoming a fan on Twitter is becoming like a thing on Twitter now, and you can buy Sue T-shirts. Uh, 
the bit where Trent was trying to look hard when his mom gives him a little peck on the cheek just made my night. It was so good and it's so perfect. The only way it could mean better, like I said, was Akada was in the baby seat while they were driving oh, around. I'd have fucked my, I'd, I'd have pissed my pants. Um, I enjoyed, not afraid to say, uh, the S word hangman on his little, uh, what's it called, lower third. That's what yeah, they call the, the bars. The bars, yeah. A little, a little S word, Chucky T. Uh, I had a good time in this match. It wasn't the best match of the night, sadly, but I was men glad of low to see moral fiber pop. Yeah, the men of low moral fiber. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, Chuck and Omega are actually really good against each other. Uh, yeah, they got they some really nice combos in. Trent obviously eats a lot of shit, but and honestly, it's when you wrestle Trent. It is a turbuckle DDT. What well, my yes. favorite of the transition moves. I'm gonna have to write a list of them. When you wrestle with Trent, you wrestle in Japan. It doesn't matter who you are, you have no choice. One Chuck of my notes was, come on, lads, they have to let the best friends win. His mom's here. <laughs> uh Chuck winding up Hangman and shouting it that he'd done the moves he was doing earlier in the match made me piss as well. And how quickly he pulled uh pulled off that uh, awful waffle. Chuck is renowned as being like the master of the power driver, though. When he just spun him around and dropped, it was beautiful. It was beautiful power driver. Uh, awful waffle. Uh, wasn't the best match uh, of the night. was still a very good match. So I think I can only legitimately give it a B on skill and such like. And as much as I would like to round it up to an A for being the best friends, they obviously didn't win. And there was some of the weirdest bullshit falling out for a match I've ever seen at the end. We can discuss that afterwards. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd so say that, I'd say that it's a solid B. Maybe it just felt a bit off, but I just expect so much from these two teams. So, you know, they may not have been firing on all cylinders, but it's still a good match. More? Yeah, it's a B across the board. Cool. Can we so, talk about how people fall out over pouring a beer away? I at? mean, it was one beer, mate. Oh. One whole beer. This is the, the the weakest possible reason I've seen for a team fall out ever, if this is what they're going with. And I need to shit on this. I don't know. Because it was funny. I don't... I'm, I think it's just it was meant to be a bit silly. Okay. To be just, fair... I, I don't think I think you're more supposed to be laughing at the fact that Hangman, of course, sees him pour the beer away, and that's like a cardinal crime to then drunk. Then he instantly Hangman. starts flashing the four, <laughs> just straight after just, it. So what? Uh, I don't know. Like, like they tried to make the arguments and explain it in uh, Twitter and it's stuff like well, Hangman straight uh, about Kenny straight edge and doesn't drink and it's like well we've had no like knowledge that FTR really know that and if somebody gave me a beer yeah uh, <laughs> gave somebody a beer and they just looked and poured it away I'd be like what the fuck are you doing I could have drank that beer um, and I can understand like the miscommunication you know ah, he doesn't and he's taking it as a big insult but it, it largely seems like a problem that could have been resolved with this conversation hey man you won here's a beer no thank you I don't drink beer cool no problem but instead it's going to cause a tag team split I, I don't buy it I didn't find it I, I didn't see the humour in it I just thought it was poorly written that's fair it did nothing for me either but that's just the way it is, I guess. It's Who just knows? Um, we've said things are shit before and they've been rounded out into a better situation. Exactly. We've, we've, we've bitched on things and then it's just come out to be gold. So, you know, we can't really say too much at this point, I don't think. Could be Gado booking. Yeah, oh. you know. 
AEW Fighter Fest Day One overall score. Solid high B, I'd say. Oh, I think we've got three A's, a C, and a B. I think we've got to give it an A, boys. I think legitimately that's. Uh, I suppose those would cross into a B. That would uh, be a high bit. I think we can legitimately give, like, I think we say it's like an A for the first half and then goes down into a B for the rest of it. Okay. I'm yeah. happy with so, that. Yeah, floating rank this time. If you, if yeah. you only have one hour, watch the first half. 100%. Yeah, definitely. So that's the end of our review for this week. Uh, do we have any questions, Mr. Muir? Uh, as far as I know, we do not have any questions because people have not sent us anything because they don't like us anymore. Aww. Aww. You say that, people are actually listening to us now. It's good. Um, but yeah, please do send in your questions. I'm just going to jump in on this one this time. Okay, yeah, go for um, it. We like having questions. We like having things to, to talk about. Please do send them in. You can send them in to wrestleopinionated at gmail.com. That's wrestleopinionated, all one word. Uh, we also take messages at wrestleop, all one word, on Facebook. And I will personally respond to you if you send them in at wrestleop1 on Twitter. And I'm real bad at Twitter. So please send in your questions, things you want to see booked. Our opinions on controversies, we're down for all of it, and uh, occasionally my inner like need to rant slides out. For questions, please, we will happily answer them. So, as for your need to rant, do you feel the need to rant this week? Um, no, I don't think anything's uh, made me angry this week. We're, whilst we're in the recovery from everything being terrible, up to positive which means negativity so instead we've decided we're going to give you a book on the fly again are you okay. ready go on then <laughs> we've only given you one this time because we think we think you enjoy booking one person a little bit deeper and going into that you know breaking it out so and uh knowing your theme and how you've uh, you've got your gothic lifestyle and your love of long dark hair and things we've decided we're giving you this week raven Okay. Okay. Are you happy with Raven? We have others if you're not happy with no, Raven. No, no, I'm, I'm happy with Raven. Okay. Right. So you would be. Which is your sort of theme, just with more bins as opposed to trench coats, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So whilst you have a few minutes to think, me oh. and Nick are going to discuss our, our new idea for a stable and how to build it. I want my stable. Now, what we're lacking in uh, in the uh, in the AW roster in the AW stables, I think, is a uh, is like is like a group of chadly faces, shall we say? The buff dudes down the gym that help you out when you need a bit of help. You know that lad that knows all the moves. He's real strong, and he'll come over there and he'll help you on your bench and tell you where you're going wrong. That's the. He's got nutritional tips. He doesn't care that you've got low weight. He'll tell you how to get those numbers up. And I'm, I'm going to begin, Nick. I'm going to tell you how okay. this starts. And I need how to does roll it start? In. Yeah, I'll roll in. Come on. Oh, my current favourite buff dude, uh, who is like a mighty five foot six, if I recall, John Silver, who didn't want to join the Dark Order in the first place, if you recall. No. No, so John, John Silver, sick of seeing people have paper thrown into their faces. Sick of not being able to out with his friends he knew on the end is like Orange Cassidy. 
John Silver's just had enough. It's not helping his winning spree, and he decides to leave the Dark Order. And he's gonna he's gonna go out on his own and make some friends and and find a new way, bring some actual positivity, and help some losers become better people. Because fuck me, is he a buff dude? He gorilla pressed um, Janella, who is ninety k. Yep. So, so how I would book it into the next member would be the continuation of Wardlow and M. Jeff. So M. Jeff gets on Wardlow's nerves and he keeps he keeps snapping at him, keeps snapping at him. Wardlow loses a match. He's down on the mat. M. Jeff is shouting over him and John Silver just comes out with an MJPW ice pack and just comes out <laughs> and puts it on Wardlow's neck and goes, it'll be all right, mate. Be all okay, right. Bro. Let's go on. <laughs> and he just puts his arm around Wardlow, picks him up because he's that strong and just lifts him off and they go out into the back. So now they're the team of bros. Where he can but, listen to the problems he's been through with yep. MJF. Because having Which another, yep. having a Chadley man to put his arm around you and listen to your problems is very comforting. So this happens on being the elite or on dark. You just see these cutaways of them just discussing their issues and see how they can build up each other. So then where do we go from there? Who else have we got to add to this Chadley buff men team? So obviously, uh, to uh, now fight for the Fallen. Cage is probably going to lose to Moxley. Even his giant neck muscles won't save him from that paradigm shift. Won't save him from that paradigm shift. Moxley's stretched his arms out during this duration. He's, he's got that straight long arm strong toy. His arms just go a bit longer. He's been powering him up so he can hit the paradigm shift. And obviously Taz. Taz has now found who can stop the uh, path of Cage. So Taz is going to need... He's going to need a new person, probably Darby Allen or something. So Cage is cast out by Taz, and, and Taz does a horrible, a mocking promo of Cage, probably referencing the brief time he was in WWE as a little pop to the company. And he has and no, Cage obviously and his goes, neck wasn't big enough to save him. His neck wasn't. So Cage obviously goes out back, and he's sat in catering on his own. And like, what does he do now? He's got nobody to push him. He's built no friends. Two buff dudes over in the corner of catering see that he's having a sad time. They wander up with their catering trays. And John Silver, now apparently leader of the group in my mind, hands over his little carton of milkshake that he got with his food to Brian Cage. Because Brian Cage is not hitting his calorie amount for what he needs to maintain that body. And Brian Cage explains he needs 10,000 calories a day. And they too sit round and listen to Brian Cage's story about how he was meant to come here and be a star, to, you know, deal with his, his beautiful wife and take care of their family. They take him and they're like, don't worry, boy. Don't worry, Cage. You can be with us. And this is how the buff dudes start. They're ready now. They can go out after any promotion. Have you, are you losing a match due to heal uh, things? They'll come out and help you. They can go to Brandon and uh, Avalon. Uh, Brandon Avalon and give them tips on how to bulk and and talk them through their relationship problems. And basically, the counter dark order. They're just these nice lads that come out and help you if you're in trouble. You know, the help of somebody the match. Dark order run out with the big entrance. Brody stands there, look impressive. But then the chads roll out from the crowd and take him in, give him his NJPW neck pack, maybe a bit <laughs> of a hug. It's all right, man. The chads are with you. Those villains won't get you. We're too chadly. Um, 
So that's our, that's our new ultimate stable, the uh, the wholesome chads, the buff dudes of friendship, Wardlow, Cage, and John Silver. Uh, are you ready, Morg? Yes, I'm ready. What do you think of our buff dude stable? I think it's awesome. <laughs> you love baby faces and we love buff dudes. It's on. Right. Tell us how you book the king of bins and hardcore. So, um, uh, we've got oh, two options. Screw it. Right. So, we're going to go with... First thing that's happened is we have the new Four Horsemen. And we're going to go with the Four Horsemen as we expect it to be. Um, Sean Spears, Cody, and FTR. They are now a thing. They need to be a thing. And they are limousine riding, jet flying... They are the classic big money megabucks heel uh, faction of the Four Horsemen. We need to put them to one side, but you need to remember that they're there because they are our end goal. Okay. Um, we have the Dark Order. The Dark Order are like the dark faction doing things that are dark. So Darby <laughs> Allen comes in and is goes against Cage and is destroyed by Cage and loses. And so he is the next person and loses a couple of matches. Now, we don't have a lot of rematches in AEW, and it's something I like. But for the purposes of this storyline, we're going to go for... Um, we're going to have a couple of matches, and he's going to lose that, and he's come back from being injured. So we have this situation with Darby Allen, um, whereby the Dark Order set their sights on him, start trying to get him to join them. He refuses being Darby Allen, and so he gets beaten down. Uh, so um, the evil magician who has joined the Dark Order, I'm having a yes. blank at the moment. Anna Jay. Anna Jay. Anna Jay is having a match with uh, Shida for the championship and the Dark Order are surrounding the ring, etc. And, you know, Shida's having trouble. Shida just, just wins. Lights go out. Lights come back up. Anna Jay has laid out on the floor and over her, looking down at her, is Abaddon. Oh! Lights go out, lights come back up, Abaddon is gone. Standing behind uh, one of the members of the um, Dark Order is Darby Allen now with a kendo stick. Or as I'm going to call it for the purposes of this, a Singapore cane, because that's what they called oh. it in ECW. <laughs> Classic! Crack, crack, crack. Every member of the Dark Order gets hit. Brody Lee runs away, runs right into the back. Next thing we see, Brody Lee lying on the floor, busted open, cut, camera cuts to backstage, and standing over him with his arms stretched out is Raven. Welcome oh. to the flock. Lights yes. go out. So... Now we need to add the next members to this stable. So we've got our our, our female character. Uh, we have our sort of um, mid-card, the guy who we are trying to give the rub to to put him up into the main event. Yep. Uh, we have our manager. So we have our counter to the two old dudes because Raven's a sick fuck and he's got bins. Yes, he does. <laughs> Loads of bins. And chairs. So that's that's important for 
the end part when we when we go next. So right. we have our next match. So it's set up, and there's going to be a tag team match. It's Darby Allen, and um, it's going to be duh, 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 somebody, some random person. It's a random person who, yeah, maybe even Mox because Mox is the Mox and Darby Allen. I like the fact that they. They're the two outsiders that back each other up occasionally. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. a good story. Like that's, it. That's, I was, I was going to say Alex Reynolds because he's just lost his tag team partner to the buff dudes, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and obviously the Dark Order comes out again. We have the same thing. We are stealing a bit from that classic. Lights go out, and up the top you see Raven, and it cuts. And he's, he's at the top of the stand with his arms outstretched. And then you have a camera. He's on the main camera as well. Cuts to him close up. And he cuts one of his promo. He cuts a promo because Raven was an amazing talker. Lights go out. Lights come back up. Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss are now in oh. the ring to back up Darby Allen. We have our tag team. Okay. Ah. We have our selection of outcasts. Yep. Yeah, fair. Our, yeah, good point. Miss... Our misfits, um, our AEW misfits. I was tempted with um, Brandon and um, Avalon. Avalon. I kept thinking Archer, and I was like, it's not bloody Archer. It begins with an A and Avalon, but I want to keep them separate. I think they're better off with BTE. Yeah, they um, are. Comedy thing going on. So yeah. we're going to have, so we've got Joey Janela. Joey Janela, obviously, very good fit with Raven. You've got the hardcore background. We can have built that up with Sunny. They can be doing slightly more. Um, Sonny's ex lucha so we know Sonny can do that kind of thing. Yeah. 100%. Now we have our faction, and their first mission will be, and they are going to out Dark Order, the Dark Order, because whereas the Dark Order are this cult of, um, that are just a cult with a um, a guy who likes mafia movies. The new flock is a cult of fucking psychopaths. Okay. Yeah. We have got the evil woman who looks like a zombie. We've got a bunch of guys who are hardcore and we've got Darby Allen, who's our indestructible force who, and they are a flock run. So whereas Raven is their manager, he is, it's a brotherhood and it's an actual brotherhood. So it's a baby face, dark order. Okay. Wrestling fans like a goth. Yeah. Um, they do. They like yeah, they a goth do. gimmick. They like a babyface goth gimmick. It's one of the things that works. We know that. More on that later. Um, yeah. So, um, obviously, they overcome the Dark Order. Well, the next step is when you're the bunch of misfits, you go after the high-riding, kiss-stealing, limousine-riding, jet-plane-flying four horsemen. Yeah. And we will just have lots of... And we'll have old-school Undertaker-style... Um, work. We're going to steal a lot of that kind of thing. The lights out, weird, spooky shit. We've got a bad one. But also things like finding members of FTR upside down in a bin, because that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and that is how I would book Raven into AEW. Oh, pretty good. I like it. I like it, because you've, you've not only given us an end, you've given us a good story and a, uh, a, you know, a series of fights. I'm down with it, and as a uh, particularly scruffy housing estate kid, I am always up for rough kids versus posh kids, if I'm completely yep. honest. Nah, it's always good. It's always good. It's not buff men, though. <laughs> <laughs> I did think about... Building up to 98k versus 98k. 
but but I was thinking of pinching Lance Archer, but I, I thought he he's the last member of Buff Men. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, good work, Mark. I I, I enjoyed really good. Bins and rubbish. Uh, I'll always remember that rumble Raven was in and the rumble was going like normal and he just came down and threw like three bins of weapons in. In fact, wasn't that the 98 rumble where Kane came out and no sold everything as well? That was when Kane threw the most people out of the ring. That was when he took the record originally. Um, It is one of my all-time favourite Royal Rumbles. It's a good rumble. Um, Even I remember it, so it has to be good, and I'm like least WWE educated of us. Yeah, it's it's one of the top, one of my favourite rumbles. So, now we have done a book on the fly, we're going to end up with something I think a little bit similar. And Darby Allen might be turning into the new CM Punk for me. I I, I shall go last. So uh, we were having a bit of... Oh, God! (laughs) (laughs) It's not what you expect. Um, So we've been talking... um, We've had this one on the back burner for a little while. After we did the rant about um, legends, the, the amount of legends we have coming out and being managers for people, especially being managers for people that we know can talk... It seems to be a thing that AEW are doing. I like having managers back. It makes it different to WWE, where Vince hates managers and, and things like that. So we thought we'd have a little bit of a chat and maybe come up with a couple of ideas of which legends we'd like to see come back and who we'd like to see them manage. And as I've just talked to load, booking on the fly, you guys can start off and then I will give you my one. Mine is a very silly one because I'm terrible at booking, so I've gone with something silly. You want me to go before you? And I don't you mind. Can... I'm ready to go if you want. I mean, I'm always the worst at this because I'm not quite as good as the big booking, but uh, I can tell you who I've got. Uh, Obviously, I hope this still classifies as a legend. Um, You guys are more in the knowledge of what is and isn't, but I think 90s wrestler is legendary enough for me. Yes, it is. I would agree. Uh, Okay, so we're all big fans of Brandy Rhodes, and Brandy has always been quite obvious in her telling of what's going wrong in the company. She said when people have missed spots, she's a very open person in the industry, but her her gimmicks and stories haven't gone too well. You know, the Nightmare Collective was pretty much abandoned. Uh, The Natural Nightmares are now being uh, infiltrated. She's being manipulated and played by another woman. So I think yeah. she needs somebody who understands the industry, somebody who's been shit on by corporate and the fans, somebody who knows what it's like to be manipulated by men and have people take a part of the industry. And I think that she could do with an advisor, somebody who's been through all this, somebody who's seen the worst of the industry and knows how to make a woman stronger. And I was going to put Trish Stratus with Brandy Rhodes. Ooh. Interesting. Trish has been through it all. She was, you know, a uh, as a teenage boy in the time she was there, I was very a big fan of her. But we also know Trish Stratus can actually wrestle. You know, when when she was allowed and things started to die down from Bro Panties match, she was good at the ring. She's been through awful, awful fucking stories that you can cite yeah. without referencing. You know, I know what it's like to be humiliated. I know what it's like to, for example, bark like a dog. Um. And she can bring that to Brandy. She can give Brandy that slightly heelish manager edge that we know we know Brandy has in her. You know, Brandy's got that heely promo game, but she doesn't have a reason to do it yet. 
And Trish can come in as like, I can get you stronger. I can push you further. I know everything. I've been through everything. And just slowly make her that little bit more ruthless, that little bit more harsh, that little bit more aggressive, and push her into basically a a uh, conflict of a heel versus face. She can get like fucking Cody is basically, is he a heel? Yep. Is he a face? Um, and I honestly think Trish could do that. And you know, she can still go enough to pull off some moves and punches and kicks if she needs to. She's got more than a wealth of background of women's wrestling to cover it all. And I don't know. It's just the first one that came to my mind. Trish is the clever, experienced woman from the industry. I the get- new company. Do you think, Morg, you're the women's man? I think that's perfect. Trish is one of my all-time favourite women's wrestlers who went in, like you say, for the brown panties and turned into what I consider to be one of the best women's wrestlers up until the new generation. Yeah. Yeah, I've got Morg's support. He's the best booker. The first (laughs) Raw I watched, I remember, and I may have mentioned this before, uh, the first Raw I watched when I could actually get access to it myself um, it had a women's match on, and it was the match that made me fall in love with women's wrestling. And it was, I believe it was Molly Holly, Trish Stratus, and I think it was Victoria. And it was the best match on the night, and it was absolutely phenomenal. And it's just on a random episode of Raw, and that was what made me, set me up ready for when it happened for NXT. Yeah. Sorry, Mr. Muir, over to you. Right. Mine is silly, yeah. and it revolves around someone being unbanned from being taken to... <laughs> right so cody starts growing a beard you know a full-on beard <laughs> is how mine starts right and he starts like in his matches he starts being really selfish like beating up people really quickly not selling their offense very well and he like <laughs> and he just seems to be keep putting himself over and he's just getting all these, like, and he starts saying that he's going to have this championship match again after he said he wouldn't. And then one day he comes out and it's shaved off and he's just got that Hogan beard, Hogan mustache left. And out the corner comes Hogan out the corner, like, worm tongue for fucking in Lord of the Rings on his shoulder. And it's basically heel Hogan being working up to knowing that he's actually been an awful person in the industry and it's sort of his redemption arc so it's basically him knowing <laughs> that he's been an asshole all this time in the industry and then working its way through cody being that asshole then working back around to a redemption story for both of them so that's how i would book it it's not very long but that's all i could think of because i'm terrible at this sort of thing okay no no as long as it features an uh, no as long as it features an hour-long dark episode of hulk hogan apologizing to all the things he's done to macho man i'll accept this so uh, it's just what i was thinking because you know we all know yeah, no. he's an awful person but if he was willing to do that and then show off how bad he was and then buy himself back round for a redemption story, it may do the industry some good. It may do him some good as a person, you know? <laughs> so Hulk Hogan doesn't do it. I, I like your idea, but Hulk Hogan doesn't do anything that helps other people. <laughs> God, no. But, you know, a man can dream. So I've got two. Um, oh. They're both for the same person. Um one of them they're both I don't for Darby know. Allen. Yes, they're both for Darby Allen. One of them I don't know if it counts because he's not retired. Um, 
So I'll do that one first. I would say that one is the more sensible one. And okay. I'm not, I'm not going to book this one. I'm just going to throw the word straight out. Darby yeah. Allen gets advised by Jeff Hardy, brings Jeff Hardy into AW where Matt can keep an eye on him. Very yeah, fair, strong. Extreme like sports, that. Jeff Hardy, yeah. advisor to Darby Allen. Jeff can still go. They can have matches together. Keep him on the straight and narrow and yeah. actually and let him recover as a human Dar being. Darby yeah. straight edge. So having yeah. him hang out with Darby a lot, Probably not a bad idea for exactly. No, I like that. If you've got nobody to take drugs with, drugs are a whole lot less fun. Exactly yes. right. So that's that's my semi-sensible one, but I don't know if it counts because he's not retired. No, so 100%. I think if you're going to be a legend, you need to be retired. Mm. So Brian Cage calls out Darby Allen for insulting yep. Taz. Okay. Yep. And um, fair enough. Yep. Brian Cage calls out Darby Allen for insulting Taz. Darby comes out and he's sort of looking and he just keeps looking over at Taz and he goes, oh, well, you got a manager. And I think it was only fair that I should have some backup at ringside. At which point the lights go out and a bell rings. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe it is a retired wrestler. <laughs> The lights come up, and out comes Undertaker to be Darby oh, Allen's manager. Oh, I've been holding down to that since Taker retired. <laughs> You're retired. <laughs> nah, I like it. It was supposed to be Sting and then Taker retired, and I was like, no. No, I'm having, I'm having, <laughs> oh, no he's in. Why not oh. have both? <laughs> no, because that's is dangerously that... close to us having the Taker Sting match, which, although I would love to have the Taker Sting match, I would love to have ago. a Taker Sting match 10 years ago. Yeah. How much fun would Darby Allen and his Guinness advert recordings have with The Undertaker and his little weird ranch he lives in? There'd be so many mini boneyard Guinness adverts. It would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and it'd be the best. Here's the Undertaker. Undertaker going. Just have them in little vignettes. I yeah. have no doubt uh, Darby Allen would build a graveyard in his back garden. Well, it's, I think it's actually his missus's back garden, but you know, their back garden, just so we could film things with the Undertaker. Well, I'd build a graveyard in my back garden, and it's only you know, British standard house back garden. I don't have an awesome like Southern ranch. No. Just go walk around my, uh, my graveyard, Undertaker. It'll look badass. <laughs> so there you have it. That is our show for this week. Plagued by the technical terrors once again that we have managed to avoid for so long. I'd like to say thank you very much to Anchor. I need a new router. <laughs> thank you very much to Anchor for hosting the podcast. We are Wrestle Opinionated on Spotify, Anchor.fm and YouTube. Over to you, Mr. Muir. Thank you very much for listening to us once again. It's been a great time. And please send us stuff. We're always wanting something to discuss. It gives us a different angle and a way to look at wrestling. Otherwise, you're just hearing four old men rant. And if you want to send us anything, it's at wrestleopinionated at gmail.com. That's wrestleopinionated, one for word. WrestleOP on Facebook or WrestleOP1 at Twitter, where you can have old man Strange try and use the computer at you. And over to you. <laughs> old man Strange here. Um, the cursed technological member of the group uh, once again please send things through uh, thank you very much to listening to this podcast do like click the little heart button share subscribe if you've got wrestling friends send it to them whether they're fans or not 
Just send through, do all those things that people shout in the like Philip DeFranco uh, challenge. Like, share, subscribe, share to your friends, share to your family, put on the like button. <laughs> uh, put on a plane and fly over a beach. It's a much better message. Uh, so thank you very much and back to more. And all that's left to be said, goodbye and good night.